anybody in here that needs a grave turned into gardens? Seas into highways, bones into armies. See, there. Do y'all realize that you you have a gateway? You have you have entrance to the only one that this song is singing about. You've got the entrance to the only one that can change your world. You don't have to you don't have to go and ask somebody for permission. You don't have to go. You don't have to get in front of God and go, "Do do I qualify?" You you don't have to you don't have to second guess because I I done something wrong this week. I can't ask him today. Man, it would look bad on my part if I was to ask God for some help. Can I tell you that Jesus took your bad and turned it into good? He, he decided. He decided that you were worth it. He decided. When, when the king of kings decides that you're worth it, guess what? It don't matter anybody else's thought. Because nobody else can send you or take you. Father, this morning I just, God, I needed that one. God, I needed that one. Father, I just ask that for the remaining time that we have together. God, my prayer is that this word, as you were just speaking in worship, that this word not be condemning, but it be convicting. God, because none of us qualify. Not on our own. Father, I can't carry enough merits into the gate that gained me access. But I can sure walk behind the one that done it all. So, Father, this morning I'm grateful for that. I don't know if anybody else is, but God, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I can follow in behind the King of Kings. That I can walk the same walk that he walked. God, not worrying about whether I've done wrong or right, but knowing that I get to walk in his righteousness. God, that he cleansed cleansed me. He he made me who I am. And God, he's promised to cover me. On that that day that we get to meet you, he's promised to be my lawyer. One that knows the book. God, this is a court-appointed lawyer. That's right. He's court-appointed. Heaven has called on him. And I'm grateful that I get to be represented by him. Father, have your way the rest of this time. May the words that come today, Father, be words of encouragement, words of conviction, words of change. Father, wrap your love around us today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I was thinking about, please don't fall. 
This thing is cumbersome. I'm going to come in and drill a hole in the floor and put this thing on a hydraulic shock. It'll push itself up, push itself down, get out the way, then push itself up. I might need your help because I probably ain't smart enough to do that. I can bust the floor up, maybe. <laughs> that depends, too. Uh. Well, last week I wanted to I wanted to preach on the cross, and uh, that's what I wanted to do. But thanks to God, He has better plans than me. And uh, so this week I said, "Well, all right, I'm going to preach on it this week." <laughs> and I get it deals with the cross, just a different direction. <laughs> But it deals with the cross. So if you've got your Bibles, y'all going to have to help me on this. I was able to hit a couple of notes. And I want to, I just want us to get an understanding of, of what this scripture means. And have you, have you ever said something and committed to it? Jesus, you on the track this morning. Because ain't none of them ever said nothing and committed to it. Where you said you was going to go and do, and it didn't matter. Charlie, you woke up and you felt bad. I really don't want to go. Sometimes, see, this is, this is what the Bible means when it says when you find a wife, you find a good thing. You might have woke up not feeling right, but Linda reminded you that you said... <laughs> Sometimes we need a motivator. But you said something, and no matter how you felt that day, you committed to it. You know what commitment is, right? Commitment is the action that follows the word spoken. You, you can talk all day long, but talk is cheap. Y'all ever heard that one? Talk is cheap. If you, you can say it all day, but if you don't walk it out, what's the sense of saying it? You wasting my time, your time, my air. <laughs> my fresh air, the oxygen that I breathe. I wonder how it is that when we are determined in something where we say that we are committed and we'll go through all measure to do it. It, it, it doesn't, I don't care if we got a runny nose, a headache. It, it, it just doesn't, if we committed to something, we do it. Might be done with a struggle. Better work every day. <laughs> some of them do. You, you sit around, you look in here, you got some retired folk, they laugh at you when you say something about work. <laughs> See, there's one laughing right there already. They, they laugh at you. So you, you got to be careful. But even those, even those that don't have to go to work and be committed to going to work, there's still things throughout the day that they're committed to. And whether you feel good or not, you still, whether you want to cook for Dawn or not, if she asks you to cook, you cook it. If you're smart. <laughs> he's wiping his head like he's had a bump of bruise or something. But, 
But there's times in our lives that we commit to things and no matter what happens, no matter what obstacle might arise, no matter what adversity we might face, we have a tendency to walk it out because we committed to it. There's something about a commitment that will drive us. My question to you this morning before I even get started, are you committed? It's going to get hot in just a minute. But are you committed? You raise your hand, you say, I believe God. You, you raise your hand and say, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a disciple. Are you committed? If you got your Bibles, let's open them up. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. These are the words of Jesus as he not only gathered his disciples, but he gathered the crowd. He wanted to make sure that, because see, a lot of the times we'll read Scripture or have these Scriptures taught to us, and we believe that these Scriptures were directed and meant for those apostles or those disciples or those people in that time and era. That, I love how this Bible just folds itself out, and it shows you that everything in it just flows right together. He brought the whole crowd in because he wanted all of us to understand this Scripture. Jesus looked and Jesus said to them all, If anyone, oh man, see, why can't I catch some of this stuff while I'm studying? If anyone, I love that. Right there it jumped out. I love that because this isn't about does any group. How many of you know it's easy to follow along when everybody else is doing it? <laughs> You'll speak your mind if the rest of the group's speaking theirs. Well, I ain't even going to preach. I'm going to leave that alone. But he said, is anyone. See, this, this, is, a, this is an individual commitment. What if the church doesn't? Will you? What if the world says, what will you say? Not what the group don't listen. <laughs> if anyone, if you, everybody look at me, because this finger. Is meant for you. If you, Facebook, YouTube, whoever else, boob, whatever, if you desire to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross 
Some say daily. Other translations exclude. And follow me. Are you committed? Jesus said, if you desire to come after me, you have to take up your cross. You have to deny yourself. See, the best part about this passage for me is I don't have to take up your cross. I got to take up mine. Because, see, some of y'all's crosses is way too heavy for me to bear. <laughs> see, Jesus was, was looked at with favor. Y'all remember in, in the scripture it said that he grew daily in favor of man and men, or men and God. He, he, he grew in favor. See, God still favored him even at the moment of crucifixion. God is still favoring him because he didn't require him to carry it all the way. See, God's favor is awesome. See, there, there's something about God's favor and his love for us. If he, if he can catch one glimpse of you actually trying. <laughs> oh, if, if he... If you can convince God that it's inside of your being just to try. Peter tried walking on water, done a pretty good job. And Jesus helped him. The lepers tried to escape their, their thing in life, their bondage, their, their stronghold. And Jesus met them. If he can see something in us where we are willing to try, are we truly putting forth an effort? Are we just, are we talking the game or are we playing it? Well, they call them commentators. Yeah. Are, are, we, are we commentating or are we playing? Which one are we doing? Because see, you can sit in the box all day. I used to, boy, sometimes I want to grab them guys by the throat. <laughs> Man, if I was that, I would have done it. They, 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 shut up. <laughs> you sitting up there watching them how they do it, and you're going to tell them what you would have done. And you ain't, you just, hush. <laughs> See, what we don't realize, people got to make split-second decisions. And we sitting back in the quarterback chair on Monday, leaning back and going, yeah, I would have done, and I, you wouldn't have done nothing. <laughs> If you desire, if anyone, if you, I love to put, I want to put the word you because it's, it's individualized. If you desire to follow him. You're going to have to deny yourself and take up your cross. You know, Jesus is talking to the disciples in this whole group. And, and, and this, is, this is quite some time before Jesus actually has to face the cross. Not that he wasn't facing it his whole time, because I believe that when Jesus was born, Jesus faced the cross. Because he said that it was, it was, his, it was the joy <laughs> of that which was set before him. 
That's how he could endure that cross. And he's seen seen joy the whole time. And and that's what I think we need to do too. We need to look on the other side of the cross a lot of the times. Because if we don't, many of us will turn and we'll walk away from the cross. Because the cross is too heavy to bear. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, he was letting them know that, hey, there, there's going to come a time. And you've got to understand now, he's talking to an audience that understood the cross. They knew that in that time, that that cross represented some stuff. They knew that when Jesus had to bear the cross, when, when Jesus began to walk with the cross member of the cross down that old cobblestone street, as he was walking after he had been beaten and torn for us, he, he took on this cross and he began to walk this walk out. He was committed. And he began to walk this thing out. When they started walking these people down these streets, carrying their cross, it was basically an example made of them stating that the Roman Empire was correct and they were wrong. It was, a, it was almost a forced humility. Because now they're having to carry a cross stating that the government was right and I was wrong. God help me this morning. I might go somewhere else. (laughs) And walking the cobblestone street in front of all the people, gazing upon the king of kings, the Lord. Oh, here comes the king. And he's having to drag this in front of everybody. And the disciples understood this. They knew the significance behind being crucified on a cross. It was the worst way that anyone could ever die. They understood what it meant to drag this thing down the street. They knew what it signified. And now here comes Jesus going to tell you I got to take up my cross are you telling me there's times in my life where I'm going to have to walk down the street already after I've been beaten and bruised and dismantled and I'm going to have to put this weight on my back and if I am to follow him I've got to put aside I don't feel good I have to put aside, I'm hurting. I have to put aside, man, I've been abused. I've been, and I've got to put it aside. And and the disciples are visioning, I can just picture them envisioning this statement when Jesus said that you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross, the one that you have been called to carry. Too many times we, we take thoughts of this carrying the cross that it is, I wish I would have had, but no. You see, God's great. He knows I'm too fat to be carrying around a piece of wood. <laughs> Quit laughing. <laughs> Boy, that mind of mine. 
he knew that there were times in my life where I was going to have to pick up the cross and do it anyway. Are you committed? Oh, you... <laughs> Here I am, Lord, send me. Go. Well, uh, you know, got a job. <laughs> and things. I got... God, I really don't feel... <laughs> That's not my calling, God. Take up your cross. Do you desire to follow after you? Take up your cross. See, if we was just to leave that conversation right there, you would immediately in your mind, and some of you are probably already taking this and going, it's a burden. And it's suffer. And it's pain. When in fact... Listen, God didn't create you to suffer. What you're carrying, I have to picture it like this. Man, that pride. Are we willing to let go of the pride to pick up the cross, are you willing to say what others fear of saying in relation to Jesus Christ? Will you profess the gospel? Oh, not in here. Amen, glory, hallelujah, bless the Lord. And they go outside and all of a sudden you turn into camouflage wallpaper. Because <laughs> everybody else is talking about it, but... Hopefully they don't see me. Hopefully they won't ask me. Come on. Come on. Will you say it when it might get you in trouble? Can I ask you a question if I haven't already? Are you committed? what it takes see it's 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 easy to talk y'all remember peter peter said no lord not you i'm willing to die with you that's what the disciples were saying if you die we gonna die with you we we right here we got you back charlie we got you back. Don't just don't get in a bunch of heat. But we got you back. As long as it's about 75, we all right. If it gets 77, 70, I'm probably going to have to let you go ahead on. I'll be here waiting on you, though. That's our commitment. That is our commitment to the gospel. Look at the churches. Their commitment is gone. There's no commitment to the gospel. There's no commitment to God. There's a commitment to the world. There's a commitment to what they feel. 
Are you willing to take the persecution? Are you willing to put it on your back? Come hell or high water, and you're going to be walking down that cobblestone street. And guess what? They he walked it alone. He the disciples said, "I'll be there." But the moment that the army showed up in the garden, the Bible said in verse number fifty, it said that they fled. I don't know about you, but this ain't fleeing. Boy, I bet they were climbing over top of each other. Some of them thought they were David and scaling trees, thinking they were walls. People running, scattering, gone. I'm out of here. Well, the heat got turned up. God, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Hopefully, I'll see you on the other side. Are you committed? Oh, Peter got bold. Peter said, here's my sword and lops off an ear. Oh, but Peter followed. This is the Christian. See, there's a... Oh. The Bible said that Peter followed him from a distance. Can I tell you? Commitment... Don't happen from a distance. You either in it or you're not. It's just like marriage. See, you can't get married, one live in England and one live in Florida and expect it to be all okay. Right. It's commit you in the hot water together. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> right? And then Peter is saying, I mean, he's, he's telling Jesus, I'm going to die for you. I'm with you. And even, even Jesus said, look, dude, here's the deal. You're partially committed. Because even before the cock crows three times, you would have denied me three times. Does that sound familiar in Christianity? Oh, well, we better not. Because if we do, are you committed? Come on, Christian. Come on, Pastor. Are you committed? Are you just, you get the, we'll give you the lip service. We'll tell you how much Jesus loves you. And if you get in trouble, just don't call me. I can't be publicly put out. I've got, I've got an image. Come on. Come. Don't start. My hand's itching, boy. That's the first verse. Don't know if we're still done with it yet or not. <laughs> Let's do it this way. Well, let me read this first and then I'll then I'll pull some stuff. John twenty one seventeen. Because see, if, if, if we aren't, <laughs> dear God in heaven, help us. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, now, now th this, is, this is Jesus talking to Peter. And, and, and this, is, 
This is Jesus actually basic. Well, yeah, this is Jesus foretelling Peter's death of how Peter will be crucified. Peter just didn't catch it. He said, most assuredly, when you were, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself up. You dressed yourself. You'd done it the way you wanted to do. See, when you were younger. Come on, Christian. When, <laughs> when you were young, Christian, you do it the way you want to do it. And then when God turns the heat up and wants to take you from Christian to disciple, you can't no longer do it the way you want to do it. He's calling you to... <laughs> Come on, Old Testament, New Testament. Get with it. Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament said if you get caught in the act, you get stoned. New Testament says if you think about it, you're going to hell. Y'all love grace, don't you? <laughs> Boy, grace will lay you out if you ain't careful. I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself up and you walked where you wished. See, you'd done this thing how you wanted to do it. You went to church when you felt like it. You went to church when you wanted to. You went to church where you wanted to. You left the churches that you wanted to leave. You'd done it however, whenever, and whatever you wanted to do. You'd done it that way. But I have some news for you today. When you are old, when you, when you come out of being a baby in Christ and get off of that bottled milk for a little bit and you begin to decide that you want to mature in Christ and you want to grow to the next level and you want God to show up even more and even bigger, it's going to require that you will be stretching out your hands. Come on, get the picture. And another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Come on, none of us want to carry our cross. Let's be honest Christians for today. None of us want to carry our cross. Do you understand the humility and the commitment that comes with that? Because it's not just a matter of, well, I don't feel like going to church, but I'll go in. No, it's, oh, I don't feel like going to church, and my dad has humiliated me, and, and, and the public, they're, they're just they're all over my back right now, and the church just doesn't seem to be flourishing. I'm talking to myself, and the church just doesn't seem to be like it's flourishing right now. And people are questioning, what are you going to do? How's it going to turn out? What's going to happen? I don't know, but I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to deny myself because I've already had a joy that was set before me. And I'm going to have to endure the cross come hell or high water. It don't matter if you're with or without. It doesn't matter if you're for or against. I've been called and that's where I'm going. You can come with or you can stay at home. It doesn't matter. Come on. But there comes a part in our life that we have to deny ourselves. I don't want to do this every day. Shocker. I scared the people of the Lord. Do you think Jesus wanted to? No, he didn't. You want scripture? Go to the garden. Father, if there's any way... If you can do this another way, I'm open. That's RDN translation, but it's still the same. 
He said, if you can do this another way, God, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm good. But not my will, but your will. Taking up your cross isn't a one-day trip either. I don't want you to get confused about your commitment. God, if there's people that's trying to run, grab them, because I can't. But I'm going to put your word on the street. Your commitment ain't just for Sunday. Your commitment, you don't, you don't put your cross down on Wednesday evening after church. You don't... You don't, oh dear God, you don't leave your cross by the door. I got enough stuff in the lobby. You take your cross with you because it's a continual thing. You're constantly, you're going to find yourself in circumstances all through your Christian walk that you're going to have to pick up your cross. If you're going to be the disciple that God has called and chosen you to be, you're going to have to pick up your cross on a consistent basis, my friend. You can't just set it down because you're tired. That's when you're going to have to do it the most. You can't set it down when you don't feel good because somebody depends on you. What if it were you depending on someone else that had mouthed the mouth? Oh, they spoke the words. They even said glory, hallelujah in church. But when it come time for the commitment, brother, I'm sorry, but I can't get to you because you know, well, have you been watching the news? Told you don't play with me today. I don't care. I'm going to walk a cobblestone street. And I already know that I got to walk it alone. I already know. He said, you're going to follow me. How do you follow him if he's not already done? He walked it alone. No disciples were near. Oh, Peter was off in a distance. He was like most warm, lukewarm Christians. He was over here. It was okay if he just said Jesus in the bathroom. But if he had to go outside in the street and say Jesus, well, it was a different story. I'd rather do it back here in my own privacy. Because I don't want nobody to persecute me. I don't want nobody riding my back. I don't want nobody pointing me out. I don't want them Facebooking me or making some sideways comments on Facebook or sarcasm coming across Twitter or their Instagram and whatever else kind of junk and garbage they use to go and try to dismantle the body of Christ. It don't matter to me. Amen. Amen. Come on. You speak Jesus in and out of company. With or without the majority. Are you committed? Did I forget to ask you that question? Are you committed? Lukewarm Christians, you know, you're not going to be able to do this. You want to know the difference between the best person on the football team and the average person on the football team? It's their commitment. 
Saturday morning, the average football player is sitting back in his pajamas, whining about being beat up and bruised, eating Oreos and milk. I felt a <laughs> and the best football player has got the game tape and his laptop and he's out on the football field in the backyard. He's in the driveway. He's at his best friend's house. It don't matter where he's there and he's watching it and he's out and then he's practicing his moves. Why? Because he doesn't want to be feeling like he's feeling today again next week. So instead of taking a right, I need to take a left this time. There's always something going on in the best and in the mediocre and the difference is the commitment level of both. Yeah, the other one's committed. He'll show up to practice because there's 30 or 40 other guys and maybe the eyes of the coach aren't directly upon him so he can fade off into the talents of those around. Oh, he can be a state championship, but never one time did he return a fumble. Never one time did he make an interception. Never one time did he save a touchdown. Never one time did he go and help somebody else out, but he's still a state champion in the eyes of the public. Hidden beneath the talents of everyone else. My friend, you cannot hide in the talents of those around you. You've got to become committed. You've got to be a Christian. You've got to be blood-bought, born again. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit or you're never going to make it. You cannot be lukewarm. You're either all in. God said, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you from my mouth. I'd rather you be cold or be hot. I feel like preaching. It will take a willingness and a boldness, a commitment, a committed person to follow through. You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna survive the walk of faith in a lackadaisical manner. Too many Christians are walking on neutral ground. I would rather not hurt your feelings than tell you the truth. Oh, come on, we do it, Christians. Come on, don't, don't you dare cower behind the robe of righteousness. You, you step out and be, you, you be fully committed. Stay accountable. When we fall and when we fail, I don't know what it's for, but I'll take it. There. I don't care. See, it doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> Might have something on them. I don't care. You're going to have to be committed. We do it all the time. Instead of calling someone out in their sin, we would much rather just be silent. Can I tell you this? That's a spirit from the ages. 
That's a manipulative spirit. That is one that is constantly trying to put his thumb, her thumb, its thumb in the back of your neck to keep you bowed below them. As long as that spirit can keep you under their thumb, you'll never call out righteousness or holiness. But we've been called to be holy for he is holy. So I'll start calling you out, brother. It might make you mad, but I want to see you in glory. I don't want to see you down in the pits of hell lifting your hands or crying out that somebody put some water on my lips. It's not worth it to me. Most of us will fear the humility that comes with it. There's others that will carry the fear of being pointed out or talked about. And there are still those who will desire to hold on to their own selfish desires because it means more to them. You need, let me, can I take you to another scripture? We might as well be in that we're in the Bible. Let me just take you to another scripture. It says that after Jesus was taken into custody, they reached to grab a man that was near. And he pulled his garments completely off. And the man ran away naked. See, you are more sold out in your own humility than you are to be humiliated for him. He could have stood and said, I'll go. <clears throat> but instead, he said, oh, if it's going to take that, I'm leaving. I'll go naked before I submit. Come on, Christian. Come on, Christian. We're doing it today. We're willing to do more now. God said that we better call on him even more now that the day draws near. Do you know the day is drawing near? See, there's going to be a time when the gospel that has been preached for some 2,000 plus years that it's going to be fulfilled because you can't, you can't prove to me that it hasn't because everybody's tried to misprove this and we've proved prophecy after prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. They're all coming together. And my friend, there's going to be another time that this prophecy is going to come together and we're going to hear a sound. Then it's too late. Don't be committed then. It's going to be a sad day. Because there's many that say, I'm a Christian. But none of them will walk out salvation. With the picture of Jesus carrying the cross, it shows me it's not going to be easy to be committed. Ever since that lad was of 12 years old that we have proof of, he has been about his father's business. And he died somewhere between 33 and 33 and a half. You do the math, I'm not a mathematician. 
But for those years, not only was he called, but he was committed. Not only did he profess God as his father, he was committed. He denied himself daily. But he was Jesus, but he was also man. See, our little finite minds, we can't wrap our little peanuts around the fullness and the greatness of God. How can somebody be full man and full God? Jesus. How can that happen? God. You need any other explanation? Just make sure you're there and able to ask a question. See, I don't, I don't have to take up for God. It's not my job. I would do horribly. Now, I'll tell you about him. And I'll do the best I can. I'll probably do horribly at that too. But I'll do the best that I can. With or without. For or against. Are you committed? By himself. Beaten. Humiliated. By himself. Can I tell you, if you think somebody's got your back, they don't. Come on, church, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. But can I tell you that anybody that says they got your back, they don't. You don't have anybody close enough. Or we might think, we might think that our wives have our back. But I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, you, I'm, men, Listen to me. You might think that your wife has your back. Um, listen to me. These men were with Jesus. They give up everything. They left their homes. They left their families. They left their jobs. They ate with this man. They slept with this man. They walked with this man. They ministered with this man. They were disciplined by this man. They were blessed by this man. They were so tight. Can you imagine the relationship that Jesus must have built with those that he loved and cared for so much that he would allow them to be a part of his circle? And yet they didn't. Commit. Could it possibly be that they were Christian people like us today? That all we're after is what he brings, not who he is. You're, dear God in heaven, <laughs> you are going to bow to him whether you like it. Or whether you don't, you're going to bow to him. I'm not saying that. The Bible says that. And if I believe everything else, i got to believe that. Let me tell you something. Don't you know that it's probably a lot more peaceful if you chose to bow? Have you ever seen some of these people that are made to bow by law enforcement? They, they take get one and bust you in the back of the knees. <laughs> If I just see him pull it out, I just go, Jesus, leave me. I get in. I ain't going to get up, but I'm going to get in here. Please don't hit me. You know it's got to be painful. Think what it's going to be when he makes you bow. He may not have the look on his face like I do right now because I'm, I mean, he'll probably still look at you with a loving spirit. I don't know how he's going to do it, Linda. It's, it's, 
Well, no, I got ready to say it's almost like mama's looking at children, but that's a lie because I've seen that one. Whoop. I've seen her head go around the shoulders looking at my kids. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm sure, I'm certain of this. There's going to be a love and compassion on his face that we've never experienced. Even to the ones where he has to say, depart from me. What if we could learn that love and compassion is part of our commitment? He said, we have to love. Matter of fact, that's part of your, that is part of your DNA. That is part of how you will be recognized whether you are a disciple of God or not. He says, by this they will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. See, we don't have it together. We're, Linda, the whole church is missing it. Because we've become so carnal and we've based our love on the condition of what you've done to and for me up to this point. You mess me over tomorrow, I may not ever talk to you again. But we say this to cop out. I'll love them from a distance. You're a liar. What if God loved you from a distance? What if God's commitment to us was the same as our commitment to him and to one another? How many of us would be godless? Are you hearing me, church? Facebook, YouTube, I hope to God you didn't go to sleep or leave. This is a word for you. We, we've got to become committed. Amen. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to take everything that we got. Everything. How can you say that, Pastor? Because the scripture even says down further from that, it says a man that chooses to find his life will lose it. It's going to take everything you have. I could leave you sitting right there in that pit, but I'm going to come back and give you this promise. He says, whatever that you sacrifice now in this life, for his name's sake or the kingdom's sake, that it will be returned to you a hundredfold in this life. See, I can... I can <laughs> Let me... Did y'all not hear the faithfulness of God? He wants what's best for us. And if we could do away with our pride and our selfish ambition and our, 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 our worthless desires, because everything that we gain is going to go up in flames. Scripture even says, what good is it for a man to profit and gain the whole world but lose his soul? What? Before I close, I want to ask you this question. 
Are you committed? Does Jesus Christ mean everything to you? So much so that you're willing to hate your mother and your father as Scripture would describe it. Not that He wants you to hate them. He just wants you to love Him more than you love them. See, if you have to make a choice, are you willing to make that choice? If it comes down to you or Him, or Him or Him, are you willing to make that choice? If it comes down to your children or Him, are you going to make that choice? Not Him, but Him. Are you going to make that choice? I'm not saying it's going to be easy, and I'm not saying most of us will be instamatic in our answer. But are we committed to do it? I mean everything. You could be alone. You're going to be hurting. You're going to have to walk away from things that you love. Are you committed? What does commitment look like for you? Are you following Jesus with this type of devotion? Oh, I just heard that. Listen. Listen to me. I'm I'm not saying that there's things in life that will cause us to become um, what's the fancy word I'm looking for but ain't going to find it incapable okay there, 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 there's going to be things in our life that's going to we, we might be in a coma in the hospital and we, can't, we just can't go don't you think God understands so listen to me before you bring weak excuses after service or write me letters with your crowns and your coloring books understand this the moment you begin to make an excuse why you can't is a defining moment for you that you're not committed. That wasn't in my notes. And y'all can read that. It's the same thing with repenting. When you come to God and you say, God, they made me listen to me, there is no repentant heart with that. It is called self righteousness because you are justifying your sin there is no justification for sin without the repentant heart for Jesus Christ do it all day do all the rituals all the religious antics do it all but you're going to fall short because it's without question it's by his blood that's the end of it It doesn't matter. That's why we have to be so cautious in who we point out in their sin. Because now we're saying that their sin's worse than ours. So now you're that God? That's what you just took on that role. Now you're calling yourself God. That's blasphemy.
I'm going to close with this. I've asked you a lot of questions this morning. Are you willing to take up your cross and follow him? It's going to require a lot. I'm done. Let's stand. If you would.